Hi, I'm Tim Hall. Today's message is a message concerning being armed in this great spiritual battle that's on the planet. The battle in your own life, the battle in the mind, and the battle that the enemy brings against us. The aim of the message is to equip you and stir you to be a fully armed warrior in this hour. Father, would you anoint your word today? Let it be with power. Let it be with authority. And I pray, Lord, that you would move upon us in a significant way today for the glory of your name in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about being clothed and armed in a spiritual war. Clothed and fully armed in a spiritual war. The Bible says, if you have your Bibles, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3, it reads like this. For though we walk in the flesh, that word walk is the word parapateo, it means to move around, walk around in the flesh. How many people woke up this morning and you were in a human body? How many are in a human body right now? We are, we get around in this thing. It's our car, it's sort of a, it's where we live. The Bible says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So the scripture says we are in a war. It's a very real war. It's a war for the souls of men and women. The word for war is the word strat, uh, stratiomai, stratiomai, for which, which means strategy or military campaign. You, it's the word from which we get strategy. We are in a strategic war and it's a war for our souls. It's a war that is a contested war. We're in a war in the atmosphere. We're in a war in our society. We're in a war where there is a prince of the power of the air who is dictating and working into the minds of men and women to impact and destroy everything that is godly. The Scripture says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We do not do battle in the natural. But it says we are doing war. We are born for war. It's not a natural war. It is a supernatural war. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The word weapons is the word hoplon, from which we get the Greek word hoplites. The Greek hoplites were their soldiers. So hoplon means weaponry, means all of the different weapons of the ancient world. For the weaponry of our warfare is not natural, but it is mighty through God. The word mighty is the Greek word dunatos. And it, mean, it's, it means basically the same as dunamis. It is divinely powerful, supernaturally powerful, mightily, supernaturally. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are divinely, supernaturally powerful. For what? For the demolition of fortresses, the pulling down of strongholds. That word demolition, that word casting down is the same word we get demolition. It is literally goes beyond that. It is mighty to the extinction of strongholds. What we have in God is mighty to the bringing down of unseen fortresses built against society and built against the minds and hearts of people. Because it says here, we are destroying or casting down or demolishing 
speculations. The Amplified says, reasonings, understandings, imaginations. We are destroying all these things in the mind and bringing them captive unto the obedience of Christ. Did you know the greatest battle that you actually face and that I actually face? It's not an external battle, it's a battle in here. My greatest battle is in here. My greatest battle, I think the devil, well, his power is stripped, but his power is to suggest, to put thoughts, to limit your thinking, to bring you down, to cause you to believe wrong about yourself. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are divinely supernatural powerful to the bringing down of the things against the mind, against the imagination. See, over the years, it's thoughts that bring things down. We live in a humanistic society where man thinks he has higher thoughts than God. Where man believes he's come from a, a, an amoeba or something on some so-called ancient beach where there was nothing. It's the most ridiculous nonsense and yet people believe a lie. And yet it's been built brick by brick until if you're at university and you tell people that you're a creationist, you believe that God actually created this world, they would think you're stupid. They'd sooner believe that nothing plus nothing is this incredible system of, that is so complex that no scientist on earth can even begin to understand it. So full of knowledge that in all their knowledge they can't understand it and they say it's come from nothing. Yet it's been built brick after brick. Pink Floyd, back in my day of music, I think it was Pink Floyd, put out an album called Just Another Brick in the Wall. And brick by brick, fortresses have been built. Fortresses have been built into individual minds. Fortresses are built collectively. Whole nations that are communist today go back to an absolute lunatic called Karl Marx, who used to write to his son, My Dear Devil. And so many others that have come up with philosophies to build a better world without God. And they create fortresses. But as preachers and as individuals, we are dealing with mindsets in the community, mindsets in, in the university, the schools, uh, mindsets in our society and mindsets in our own lives. But the weapons of our warfare are not natural, but they are divinely, supernaturally powerful to the not just the bringing down of strongholds, the utter demolition. We're bringing every thought captive. You know, the Bible speaks a lot about in military terms. I'm gonna move quickly here. God's gonna do something here today. The Bible's full of military terms. Paul wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, verse three and four. He said, therefore, endure hardship as a good soldier. As someone called into the battle, you know, we're warriors. Too many Christians are warriors, but we are called to be warriors. We, we, are, we are called to be the most dynamic warriors the world's ever seen. I mean, we are God's stormtroopers. We are God's stormtroopers, plundering hell to populate heaven. We are His unstoppable fighting force, alive with the power of God, carrying the unlimited, magnitude of the divine power and anointing of God. We are loaded weapons. We, we are loaded. We are armed weapons full of the Holy Ghost. 
Bible says, endure hardship as a good soldier, a good Roman soldier. They would march, they do a 20 Roman mile route march in a day, 29.6 kilometres to be exact, fully armoured, carrying about 80 pounds. What's that, about 40 Ks, something like that. I still deal in pounds and ounces, miles the gallon. I don't want to change. I know how tall I am, five foot ten and a half. 29.6 kilometres, fully armed, at full marching speed, five hours. Five hours, they can't slacken off. Their punishment and their training was extreme. And God says, be prepared to handle some hardships. See, too many, too many Christians are too soft. Too many soft Christians get offended. I'm leaving the chance because I'm offended. Don't be pathetic. Don't be pathetic. Somebody offended me. Stand up. Stand up. Be a man or a woman. Show yourself strong. We're born for bigger than that. Imagine on the battlefield, you said, I don't want to fight anymore. They're too tough. I might get hurt out there. You'll get hurt. You'll get hurt, yes. You'll get hurt out there. You will endure hardship as a good soldier. The Bible says no man that wars entangles himself. Chosen for a strategic military strategy. And we can look at so many more scriptures. I haven't got time. I want you to go to second to Ephesians, the one and only Ephesians chapter six. I want to talk a little bit about the weaponry for a couple of minutes. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 verse 10, it starts like this. Finally, my brethren, finally, or in conclusion, concluding this great book of Ephesians, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. The word strong is the word we used before. In dunamu, in the dunamis. Finally, my brethren, if you're gonna have a mark on this planet, and you're going to break through and you're gonna have authority and you're gonna win with your family that's been contested against and you're gonna win in your finance that are contested against and you're gonna win in your education which is being contested against. Then finally, my brethren, be strong. In Dunamu, be supernaturally charged with the miracle power of God. Be continually being filled, be overflowing, filled, empowered with the miraculous of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. These two words are mighty. The first one is kratos, eruptive dominion, God's dominion, the power that snaps chains, breaks chains. And it reads like this in the Tim Hall paraphrase version. Finally, my brethren, be endued with an overdose of supernatural power and in the dominion of God and His mighty forceful strength. Put on the whole armour of God. Armour's a bad word. Try and work with your Greek, your original Greek if you can. A lot of English translations are a bit weak. Put on the full armour. Armour's defensive. Armour is defensive. That's for self-protection. We're not just called to self-protection. We're called to battle. Called into the battle. The Romans never got dressed up to go out there and just defend. We're not called to be defenders. 
We are God's stormtroopers. Put on. The word for put on is in duo. It means be clothed into, lowered into a clothing of divine power. Enchewed into a clothing of strength and might. Finally, my brethren, or put on the whole armour. The word whole armour is the Greek word panoplia from two Greek words, pan and hoplon. Basically, it literally means put on the whole pass whole hoplon weaponry. Defensive, offensive. You're going into battle. You're not just standing trying to hold off an oncoming foe. You're going to bring down the gates of hell. Your role is not to go against, stand and defend. Your role is to stand up and go against the gates of hell because the Bible says I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not be able to stand against her advance. Put on the whole armour of God that you might stand against the wiles of the devil. The word wiles is the Greek word methodia. Literally, it, it speaks its methods, its wiles, its trickery. Literally, it is the mind games of the devil. The greatest way he can bring you and I down is with mind games. He knows the button to press in your life, the buttons to press in your life that will cause you to come a little unglued. The doubts. He tried to work him with Jesus there in the wilderness. If you're the son of God, doubts. Doubts as to what you can do, who you are. Doubts about all sorts of things. Doubts about what you can do. Doubts about what you can be. Doubts even about your sexuality. Doubts even about all these things. Mind games. The word stand is a Roman word. It's a, it's a, it's a military word for a stance. The Roman stance had the shield. Their feet underneath the shoes had spikes if they were in soft ground, anything up to an inch, which we'll talk about that in a minute, which they would use both to dig in and stand. Digging in. The, the left knee bent against the shield that was always in the left arm crouching, the eyes looking over the shield, the helmet, a little gap for the eyes, the shield, the right leg back, pushing, pushing, so that all your weight is being pushed and balanced against that shield. The Bible says, we do not war against, against flesh and blood, but against, the word pros, pros against, isn't like, hey, I'm in retreat, it is a standing defiantly and pushing against something. It's a standing against something that says, you can't move me. Someone needs to hear that today. Someone here needs to tell the devil, you can't move me. Someone needs to stand up and say, you can't touch my family. You can't have my home. You can't have my finance. You can't have it. It doesn't belong to you. You're born to win. You're the head, not the tail. You're above only, never below. If through one man's sin, death reigns, how much more shall we who have received the gift of righteousness reign and rule? Kingly rule, Basileus.
kingly might and dominion reign in life. You're born to reign. You're unstoppable. I hope you've been enjoying the message so far. From here, we just get into the nitty gritty of the armor, the weaponry, the fully armed soldier. I think you'll find it very encouraging. Stay tuned. Scripture says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The word wrestle, ancient wrestling was a horrendous sport. Brutal, men died, brutal. You could do anything to make a man surrender, choke him, whatever. We're wrestling, we're wrestling, we're wrestling against powers that want to take us out. You're here today and you say, what am I doing here? I want to tell you there's a wrestling in the spirit realm for your soul. The devil wants to take you to hell. Principalities, spirits. I remember at 26 years of age, sitting in a room with a demon power trying to possess me. Terrified with this thing, I could feel it trying to get into me to control me. Most, any horror movies, I don't watch any of them, but just like a horror movie it was. Had to drive home. 30 Ks in the dark through these pine forests. But I remember that night, a wrestling for my soul. I was in four or five road accidents, should have been killed. And I could, I, I reckon for two years, getting close to being saved, to coming to Christ, it was like everything was happening to destroy me. Yeah. Road accidents, stuff. Because the devil knew. He knew that maybe we just might be a little hungry for God one day. But you see, he knows you. He wants to take you out. He wants to stop you before your time. He tries to take babies out because he's gutless. He tries to take people out when they're, when they're little tries to abuse them sexually, tries to abuse them, tries to abuse them with the words that people pump into their heads, try to abuse them with physical abuse and violence, tries to mess them up as children so they will grow up as demonically as the people that they've, whose care they've been trusted to. There's a wrestling for your soul, my friend. So what's the end result? It's either heaven or hell. Not much preaching about hell, but there's a place called hell. It's a place of outer darkness, of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Without Christ, we'll go into a place. The Bible says here, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and dominions. Principalities, chief spirits, ruling, ruling powers, like archangels. Principalities, powers, from the Greek word asusias, authorities. World rulers, cosmokrateros, cosmos. And that word kratos, dominion. Spiritual dominion in the realm of darkness. That's what we face. Who controls pornography around the world? Spiritual dominion in dark places. Who controls the abduction of children and the, the white slavery thing and the slavery in the African nations and the slavery that's going on where there's more slaves on the planet now than ever in history? Who's controlling it? Spirits of dominion in the dark places. But thank God, thank God, but God, that He is raising up a force on this planet, a first force that can't be stopped. He is raising up an army, fully armed, putting on the whole armour of God that they might stand in the evil day. 
that we might stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Principalities, powers, dominions, wicked spirits, pneumaticus paneros, and the heavenlies. He's contesting. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Oh, we have weapons, all right. We got weapons. The blood of Jesus at which the devils tremble. We have prayer and fasting and powerful praise. The Bible speaks of the praiser in Genesis 19. Speaks of Judah, which means praise. And it says, the foot of praise will continually be on the neck of the enemy. The foot of the praiser will forever be on the neck of the enemy. Who will touch the praiser? Who will touch the praiser? He will be like a lion's whelp. Who will approach him? We're armed. I never felt more stirred up. I just felt the Lord say, I want you out there in my presence. Hours, get out there. Come out there. I want to put something fresh. I want to stir something new. I want to charge you up. I want to polish your armour. I want to sharpen your sword. I want to put a new fire in your belly. I want, to, I, want to, I want you to rise up, not as some bloke that's getting old, but as a young man full of the fire of God, rising up, shedding an old skin, rising up under a powerful new anointing. Put on, it's a great word. Analimbano, it literally means up to seize. Get your armour on. It's like a commanding officer saying, why aren't you wearing it? Get it on. Christians getting around with no helmet. The Bible talks about having our loins good with truth. The loins speak to us of a bunch of things. I think they speak more, mostly, of, if I can find my notes, I'll tell you what they speak of. They, they speak of integrity. They speak of moral integrity. They speak of integrity in business. Everything attached to the belt. When you march, your, your shield hung on your belt. The scripture speaks and says, gird up the loins of your mind for action. Gird them up. It deals with the mind as well. Gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up with integrity, strength. Then it talks, after that, talks of the helmet. And we could talk a lot about the mind. I haven't got time to do it now, I've just got a few minutes. We can talk about the mind and the battle for the mind. The Bible talks in Ephesians 4.23 about being transformed in the spirit of your mind. Too many people have a spirit over their mind. Spirit of defeat. Spirit of I can't do it. Spirit of doubt. I'm not good enough. A spirit of I've been abused all my life and no one likes me. Bible says, be transformed in the spirit of your mind. Shake off those things that hang over your mind. Shake off the doubt. Shake off the lies. Shake them off. Because we are taking every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. We can talk about Give you the whole armour. Have we got a picture of it? There it is. Really quickly. 
the breastplate protects the vital organs. The Romans believed a two-inch thrust with the gladius sword or the Machaerus sword, two inches into the vital organs is death. It was a thrusting sword. But the vital organs have to be protected. The heart and lungs being probably, probably the biggest target. The head is a smaller target, but the chest is an easier target. And that's where things are aimed. And so the breastplate guards two things. In 1 Thessalonians 5.8, it talks about the breastplate of faith and love. And I think if ever we need to walk with prayer and believing God and speaking the word to polish up the breastplate of protection of our faith, because the devil wants to do everything to stop your faith, to stop your believing, to stop your believing God's a good God, to stop your believing that God wants to bless you, to stop your believing that you can do something for God and protection of the love that you have for Jesus and for others. When we lose faith and love, we're gone. It's terminal. It's terminal. The helmet of salvation, the shield of faith really quickly. The shield was made of timber, not metal, it's too heavy to carry in the battle, overlaid with seven layers of leather glued together. Before the battle, they would take a sop of oil and scrub their shields, the Roman shield, which the actual name of it, the shield's that high. And they would lock them as a tortoise over the top, down the sides. The shield was not just for yourself, it was for your friends. It was always on the left, so you could lock them together and use your right. You had to learn to be right-handed. The shield was always in the left hand. Your sword was always on the right. So you could lock them together and over the top, and they called it a tortoise. And they would march in, greaves down over their legs, protective metal greaves, their helmet looking through under their shield, the shield down, marching forward with nowhere for the enemy to hit them. The shield oiled every day, oiled to keep it supple. We need to oil our faith by just getting under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Staying, be you continually being filled. I wonder how many people today would say, God, I would love a fresh filling. God, I'd love a good sop of oil on me today. I'd like you to drop a big sop of holy oil on me today. How many would like that? I see four hands. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's our greatest offensive weapon. Jesus used it in the wilderness. The devil came and said, if you're the son of God, and Jesus said, he didn't try to work with him emotionally or debate who he was. He just said, it is written. And he came again, took him up on the high mountain, said, all this has been given to me. You can have it. Moreover, three times and the devil said, I'm leaving now three bursts with a sword. We try to debate and think it through instead of saying what the Word says. See, the Word becomes strong. I've shared this before. The Word of God is sharp, sharp and a two-edged sword, cutting the fine line between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. Even to the dividing of the thoughts of the human heart, we read in Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. What's the word for two-edged? The word is distomos. Dis to. Stomos, mouth. The Word of God is a sharp, two-edged or two-mouthed sword. When does the sword become powerful? When one blade is the Word of God coming into us and the other blade is the Word of God coming out of our mouth, speaking to the mountain, speaking to the wind, speaking to the waves, saying, get out the road, get up and move. 
shoes with the spikes under there. Used as an offensive weapon, but also to dig in and take your stand. Finally, it says praying always with all prayer. And there's one piece of weaponry that's left out. You see those two spears? They're weighty spears. Has that picture been up or is that just me? Did the picture ever go up? Let's have it back, brothers. There it is. See those two spears? They weigh a lot. Of, they're pretty heavy. A heavy base. But the actual head of the spear was about that long with like a harpoon, harpoon point so that when it went in, you had to push it through, not pull it out. And that's very difficult when it's got a big wooden spear attached. But the aim was that as the enemy came running at you, the Romans would take their stance and the first row would hurl their first pilum. And these pilums would fly through the air. They're very weighty. They'd go right through you. But when they hit something, they hit. And because the metal was soft, they'd bend. So if it hit the shield, you couldn't run. You had this great heavy thing attached to your shield or into your body. And they would have to drop their shields and come in unprotected. And then the next row would throw theirs. It's very much like a group of people hurling their spears of prayer and fasting. Hurling their pilums of intense united prayer. And it slows the enemy down and leaves them totally vulnerable to the use of the sword. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might, put on the whole armour of God that you might stand against the wiles and methods of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, world rulers and wicked spirits in the heavenlies. Therefore take unto you the whole armour of God that you might withstand and having done any, everything to stand. Stand therefore. Fully armed, fully equipped warriors. Not just a bunch of Christians at church. Warriors in the Spirit. Born again, Spirit-filled, empowered, Holy Ghost warriors. Thanks so much for watching this program today. I hope it's been a help. But my challenge is to you, take unto you the whole armour of God. Don't leave bits out, put it on. Stand strong. You are a warrior. You are unstoppable. You're going to do mighty things for God. Thanks again for watching. God bless you.